Hey, I'm Clayton. And I'm Sean, and we're men who like men who like movies. We are two queer men who love movies, and we love talking about movies. And after years of people telling us, hey, you should probably start a podcast, we decided to start a podcast about movies. We're talking about Pearl, the sequel to earlier this year's X, but it's actually a prequel. I just had to talk about it, even though it's in theaters, and that's not something I really wanted to do often, but... I couldn't let you guys not know about how little Pearl became a kidnap and murder and sex fiend. And so we both went and saw it. And yeah, would you recommend this movie, Sean? I would. I enjoyed it. Same. I I still think I like X better, but I did like Pearl. I also like X better. But Pearl is really fantastic. And Mia Goth's performance, wow. Mia Goth is just great in everything. Yeah, so Pearl basically, obviously it's a prequel to X. It is set in 1918 on the farm from the aforementioned X. When Pearl is a young woman during the horrible flu pandemic... And during World War One, waiting on her Howard to come home. <laughs> and that's really all I can say about it without getting into spoiler territory, but I would recommend it. We can give a little bit. I mean, it is set in 1918, and it is the story of Pearl, and it's very much a kind of a descent into madness, really. Oh, yeah. um, which, I mean, we already knew she goes mad, but like, this is very much a story of her, her her deep, dark descent. Like, I don't think I've seen a disintegration like this in a while, but I really enjoyed seeing it. I liked it. It's almost sad at times, too, which is impressive. Did this make you feel more sympathetic or less sympathetic towards Pearl? Oh, gosh, that's such a hard question. Um, it's some... <laughs> I'm sorry for springing it's... it on you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, we're like... For like three minutes into this, man, give me a break. Uh, I, it's kind of a bit of both, to be honest with you. I'm really curious, and I feel like we're already spoiling this for people who like haven't seen X that wouldn't know that Pearl was. Uh... But then again, the... are you kidding me? You're the telling cover... me the first time she's looking at her through the freaking window. You're not telling me that woman is a, a bonkers. No. no, I mean uh... for Pearl, if they haven't seen X. Um, but then again, the poster for Pearl is literally her holding an axe. So, <laughs> yeah, I was like, "What are we spoiling here?" They already like anyone who reads the blurb is gonna know that it's about Pearl. I even think it say the murder. It, it's the like how the murderer from X gets her a start. Oh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I also uh, I don't know. It's so com complex because this one has more to do with like mental health as a theme and isolation and my own stuff with mental health which is just depression and anxiety on an extreme level and the isolation that we've had from the COVID pandemic it was very relatable and so I was like Oh, I'm feeling sorry for her. And then I'm like, oh, oh, but she's bad. She's very crazy. 
<laughs> and even like the stuff from the later from X, I also like I get it and it really scares me and it's just existential and uh Ty West is really good at that, by the way. <laughs> just getting under your yes. skins of like of have either having broken dreams or of aging or just whatever he decides to do. Um but yeah. So that probably covers our spoiler free thoughts before we get into the movie. Um so from here on out, you have been warned. Um I do have some fun kind of production things. Not a lot, but a couple. Ty West and Mia Goth collaborated on the script for this via FaceTime during their two-week quarantine prior to filming X after they got to New Zealand. And they didn't know if it was going to get made. And A24 greenlit it before X even began filming. So that's pretty cool because A24 has never done a sequel or a franchise of any sort. So that's (laughs) cool. Well, and... most of their horror movies end up with everyone dead. So I feel like, um, or most everyone dead. I feel like sequels are very hard to do for them. <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, they greenlit uh, this prequel and then also a sequel, Maxine, with the wonderful triple X in the title um, Max, for the third. Maxine. Yes. And another thing, to prepare for the tone of this film, which we will get into the tone, Ty West suggested that me and Goth watch. Can you guess what? Oh, God. Uh, I don't know. Misery? No. He had me and Goth watch Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Oh, yeah. Back to see it. And uh, you really couldn't guess the second one? Take a stab. Oh, I mean, is this a part of the psycho bitty department apart? No, just uh, what did this movie remind you of, most of all? When you were watching this movie, what did you think of? The Wizard of Oz. Yep. (laughs) He had her watch Whatever Happened to Baby Jane and The Wizard of Oz. Uh, Literally, during this movie, I don't know how many times Mitchell, (laughs) for somebody who doesn't listen to our podcast, he watches all these. (laughs) (laughs) Mitchell leaned over to me and was just like, this looks just like The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Also, in case anybody doesn't remember, Mitchell is Clayton's ex, (laughs) who he is best friend. Yes, we're basically siblings at this point. And another fun fact, the character of Pearl's mother was played by Tandy Wright. And do you know who she was? No. She was the intimacy coordinator on X and was offered the role and had to learn German in a very quick amount of time for this. And got good enough at it that a couple German people that worked on the film, I can't remember what department, she fooled them. And all I was thinking was, man, if this woman acted anything like this character and was the intimacy coordinator, I don't know how they got anything done on X. (laughs) (laughs) So either she's a fantastic actress or she's a very bad intimacy coach. Either one. They're still impressive. Yeah, I'm just impressed. Um, but yeah, so that's all I really had for little fun production things. I did read a really fascinating article that was an interview with Ty West that he did uh, for an article at GQ, but I will probably talk about that at the end, um, in the final thoughts. And uh, so I'll just kind of get into (laughs) what my thoughts were 
during the film, and we can just kind of go through it a little bit. So, you know, when you go in the theater and there's that ground level of seats. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the very back row of that back level of seats was this little old lady with wispy hair that looked just like the back of Pearl. And, <laughs> you know, I went with Mitchell and his little straight boyfriend. He leaned over and was like, oh, no, it's Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was great. It was before Nicole's ad or anything. I mean, it was just getting us in the mood, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Yeah. That indescribable feeling. Um, so uh, from the very beginning of this movie, they're being very deliberate and specific callbacks to the first film while also letting you know that this is going to be a very different type of film. So oh, yeah. They, it starts out with, you know, a door zoom, which is what the other one did, which was a fake out for the aspect ratio, but this has the doors, the exact same shot. It zooms through the barn doors, but I mean, it's colorful. It swoops through. I mean, it feels like the movies I was allowed to watch when I grew up. The font for the opening credits, I mean, is all big and bright and colorful. and Well, it feels like a, a movie that Pearl would have watched when she was younger. Like, it's very much well, like grandiose and almost a fairy tale. Well, this is in 1918, and the movies Pearl would have watched when she was younger. I don't know I, what, that, I, what really would have been available for her. I mean... But... Up until 1918, up until, like, the 30s, the 40s, like, romances. In her mind, it's, like, Gone with the Wind. Like, her story is Gone with the Wind, or... Except she had never seen Gone with the Wind. (laughs) No, the book would have came out by that point, I believe, so, I mean, you... Did it come out that early? Yeah, I believe so. I don't know. Um, Yeah, whatever. (laughs) It's Gone with the Wind. (laughs) I just got it. Takes place in 19. Yeah, you're welcome. It comes out in 1918, but it's filmed like a movie from the 30s and the 40s. And that thing I'm gonna read a couple expert excerpts out of later. The interview with Ty West is he very specifically wanted it to look like a movie from the 30s and 40s because that was like the golden age of movies and the way they looked, and they wanted to prime the audience for what type of movie you were watching. Like, it feels like a Disney film. Uh, specifically, like, The Cow. He said The Cow and X, you know, we wanted to look old and decrepit. And said for this, we had to find the most Disney-looking cow they could find. <laughs> <laughs> and the score is all big and sweeping and orchestral. Like, Yeah, it's, it's a just... huge, grandiose score. The score for both movies is something I really think is amazing. And they are so different. So different. And it just works so well. And just like by the time it says, even before it says the title card on screen, I was just like, I have stepped back in time. And then, you know, she goes up there with her pitchfork on the bales of hay and it almost goes into kind of a dream ballet. And I was like, ooh, dream ballet. That's a choice. But okay, I I get it. (laughs) They're putting you in like, this is the time period type of story you're seeing. And uh, she's got the outfit that, you know, 
uh, other character of Mia Goth wears an X, although slightly more modest. She's wearing a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just all oh, super Disney. And then it turns not Disney. <laughs> yeah. And then a goose walks in. <laughs> and she says, Hello, Mr. Goose. Why are you here? <laughs> and the look she gives that goose, because up until then she's been all happy and dancy and like a girl that seems like she has Hugh Jackman's million dreams right out of the greatest showman or something. But she didn't like that goose looking at her. And so she takes that pitchfork and goes to feed it to Theta. <laughs> Um, because that alligator, she's just like Betty White and um, Lake Placid. She has had that gator for a long time and been feeding it whatever she wants. And Sean, did you notice when she was walking down the path to feed this goose to the gator, Theta, <laughs> that the flowers along the way almost looked like Mickey Mouse shaped? I don't know if that was intentional, but you know how Disney movies will put hidden Mickeys and stuff. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I noticed it both times I watched the movie. I was like, those flowers look like they're shaped like Mickey Mouse heads. And I don't know if that was intentional or it's just me being crazy. But either way, I thought it was cool. (laughs) And uh, it goes into the house after that, after the big freeze frame of Pearl of the (laughs) title card with the alligator grabbing this goose off their pitch pork. And they get into this house, which we are already familiar with. We've seen X 60 years later, you know, time frame wise, and it's all falling apart. And this is it in its heyday. But even in its heyday, it is very, I wrote down, very Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Baby Jane, Psycho Wizard of Oz shit. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got the, the decrepit dad upstairs. Uh, it's got, you know, that bird in the little bird cage. It just felt very Baby Jane and, I don't know, the shots and stuff with the colors of the children's story of Wizard of Oz. <laughs> it was just very discordant, but I, li- I liked it. And she's just giving her poor dad spoonfuls of morphine. We find out later he got very sick from the, was it the Spanish influenza that was yeah. going around then? Spanish influenza, um, yes. And I was like, why would that cause him to be like that? And because I, I was talking about to Mitchell about a movie and he used to be an AMT and he was like, well, you know, if you get fevers that are that high, it causes you to have strokes and they didn't have stuff for fevers. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's sad. But yeah, yeah. I was um, very confused why he would be wheelchair ridden and unable to talk and be stuck in that horrifying situation with those women. Um, yeah well and i think i think mitchell called it like he he literally had spanish influenza which it would it would destroy people back then like it was a huge pandemic yeah i just i figured when i thought of that of it being more like it wiped people out you know from like other flu symptoms that are gross not a high fever that we didn't know how to deal with and that causing you to literally stroke out and have to live like that uh but yeah i was yeah. i was kind of confused i was glad to, yeah i hadn't even thought of the high fever part of it because i'm just saying we'll just take tylenol not back then you took <laughs> spoonfuls of morphine like, spoonfuls of morphine. <laughs> <laughs> like a regular american 
What did you think of this creepy uh, uh, bath time? <laughs> oh my god, it was so gross. It's just one of those scenes where you're just like, oh, she's crazy. Gotcha. Understood. Got it. Like It was making me kind of think about the loved ones a little bit. <laughs> it's always been you, Daddy. Oh my god. I can't wait till we can cover that. <laughs> and uh, yeah it's just a really awkward scene she's in the bathtub in front of her father and like kicking water on him and it's just weird I wrote down I don't know how many times in my notes I love this color scheme so much <laughs> it is well it's almost like it kind of reminds me of like Suspiria it's like garish did... brightness yeah um, like, like fairy tale quality <laughs> yeah like Suspiria like, Argento Suspiria. Like, there's very bright colors. It's very garish. It almost feels like a fairy tale. It doesn't feel completely like, like, and like real life things are happening in it, like, but it doesn't almost feel real. Yeah, it's very uh, fairy tale, weird colors. And sometimes with the specific color of red, I'm just like, wonder if he did that just because she was in the Suspiria remake. (laughs) And also, you know, later when what was her name mitzi Mitzi, (laughs) is like is like break a leg which you know i mean it is what you would say in that moment but i was just thinking uh right before she (laughs) went on to a dance in suspiria a few years ago she broke her leg (laughs) Uh, i was gonna say i don't think they're connected but i you pushed that agenda (laughs) i mean i thought of it i liked it i figured it wasn't intended but you know it was a nice little moment i had in the movies and so her incredibly religious and overbearing German mother during World War One uh, <laughs> sends her off to get daddy medicine, which we will find out is just a bottle of liquid morphine. <laughs> also, and, I uh, sorry before we go too much farther in that. No, I really love the fact that there's the the bird in the cage because uh-huh. that's what it feels like. That feels like it's such a metaphor for Pearl herself. Like, she feels like a bird stuck in a cage, and she, like, kind of looks at it the whole time. <laughs> like, I'm su- dude, how surprised were you that Pearl did not kill that bird through this movie? I mean, she wanted to at one point. She's like, shut yeah. up, and hits the cage. I was like, I whoa. I fully expected that bird, bird to not survive the film. I mean, the be- it opens up with her stabbing a goose. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't expect the bird to live, but I also yeah. was... Th- the bird made me more think of Baby Jane th- than uh, amongst oh, gotcha. the themes of isolation and being caged and just wanting to get out, which makes obviously more sense, but just the film reference. Um, it can be both. And, <laughs> oh, I, I'm just, it is both. I'm just... <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I hadn't even thought of that yet. Um, the movie is still very fresh. It's in its opening weekend. And so she goes to get her dad medicine and she's all excited because she gets to go to the movies and she loves it because obviously the movies are awesome. So awesome. We started a podcast about them and I love in the olden days when they called movies pictures. (laughs) I just love any time. And it's like that time period. And they're like, did you see that picture? I don't know. I just like it. I think it's. I just think it's neat. <laughs> We're going to the picture show. Yeah. Also, projectionist, hot. 
I, I oh yeah like after she watches the uh the follies she palace follies <laughs> yeah she leads the who also i noticed that the the alligator crocodile alligator alligator, alligator. yeah alligator. i was like crocodile saltwater that's the one uh alligator is named theta and then do you yeah do you, do you did you get that reference out of it yes um, for theta bear i i'm not familiar with the actors and actresses of that time period really but I did notice that that was who had played Cleopatra on one of the things. And she had also named all the other pets in the barn after actors and actresses she liked. Yep, exactly. Um, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I, didn't I'm just a, I, I noticed that. I want to throw it in. <laughs> yeah. I did not know like the last name of that actress. But I did pick up that it was an actress of the time. Um, but yeah, that guy was... I would have been tempted as well. It's not just you, Pearl. And uh, I also wanted to comment, I really like the transitions in this movie. They're so old-timey with, like... Because, you know, in X, he did all those, like, cool stutter cuts and everything. And and this, the transitions are just, like, these wipe slides and just circle dissolves and just, you know, not the type of transitions you see anymore. And they're so old-timey. And I was just like, even the transitions are old timey. Fuck, this is good. That's <laughs> my exact note. <laughs> <laughs> In the first movie, we get our first reference to, well, one of our first audio references to X, which they play Wee Wee Marie again, which is the song that. Yes, came out that, that year, actually. Yep, and the song that Pearl is dancing to in her head when she does mm-hmm. her. Yes, and decapitation uh, dance. <laughs> there was a uh, somebody when they were talking about X had a really big thing about Weeby Marie and what it means and how it fits really thematically in X and everything. So I was really happy that they went back and included that, or if that was put in X because of Pearl and the timing and everything. So since they both were written and before X started production. Well, not production, but, you know, filming. Um, I really wonder how much of it bled into each other, and that's how it was easy to really do, like, callbacks and setups and that just feed perfectly into each other. And the projectionist is really laying it on thick. He gives her... He cuts a frame for her out of the movie she went and saw... I mean, I'm sorry, out of the picture she went and saw that afternoon... At the matinee, and I was just like, "Oh, that'd be worth so much money." <laughs> but it was cute. It's like it's just a frame; nobody will notice, which is true. But I still was just like, "Man, that is a good gift, Pearl. Hold on to that." <laughs> she didn't hold on to it. Yeah, on I was gonna little... say that 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 was <laughs> that was gone. Yeah, it was during one of those very Wizard of Oz bike riding scenes by the corn, and she had it like barely tucked into the front of her overalls, and it went flying out, and so she goes to try to catch it, and that's how she ended up with the the scarecrow. Oh, God, the scarecrow. (laughs) Oh, my God. There's this part where she, she just, she's searching for that frame, and she sees the scarecrow, so she climbs up. Does she tell it while it's up there? Can she have this dance? 
Um, or was she saying when she drops it to the ground? I can't remember. Either way, she pulls the yeah. scarecrow down and starts to dance with it. And, and she it is leaves. a scary ass scarecrow. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it is a it is a pretty realistic scarecrow. She takes off the top hat off the scarecrow and wears it herself, and they start dancing a very energetic dance, and it's nice. And she's you know, having her little fantasy play out. She's just dancing. It's perfectly normal. Until it isn't. She finishes off the dance with <laughs> a kiss. <laughs> and she full-on makes out with a scarecrow. Yeah, I was I like, mean, there like, was tongue. There, there, there was, was tongue. tongue. And I was like, oh. <laughs> what did you think of? What did you think of, Sean, when she was making out with his scarecrow head? Oh, God, I don't even know. I was too disgusted to think. All I was thinking was, I dare you to make out with that moose. <laughs> oh, my God. Cause I started like, to oh, pop in my head. Yeah, because it was just... All I could think of was, like, what if a bird had pooped there? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, like... see, I was being more realistic. of like, this is a movie prop. So I was just thinking, like, man, she is committed to this prop. <laughs> no, I mean, like, if I'm watching a movie, I want to be in it. Like, I am in the fantasy. But, like, that's disgusting. That is a... How hard has it been up there? Like... <laughs> You should not be using your tongue on inanimate <laughs> scarecrow. Okay? Like, that scarecrow deserved better. <laughs> like, that's all I'm saying. Also, do you think she put it back? Oh, no. I bet she left that on the... Well, no, I bet she left it on the ground. I mean, after <laughs> she uses it? Yeah. So, <laughs> this really funny thing happens. It's also really disturbing. But so after she dances with the scarecrow, she drops it, and for a second, instead of the scarecrow face after she kisses it, she sees the face of the super hot projectionist. Which, same, I mean, I would that's a face I would think about later. I might think about it later, to be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> she sees his face, and she just screams, and I mean, full on screams at this scarecrow. I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, it is legitimately a scream. Like, it is not like just like, she's not just like, oh, I'm married. Like, she screams at the top of her lungs at the yeah. scarecrow, who's like, already we... been through a lot at this point. And yeah. it's like, I'm married. And uh, that, scarecrow is about, that scarecrow is about to go through more. By the way, but just that I oh. wish, like, uh, we obviously can't scream on Mike because that would be cruel to you. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, if you could hear this scream, <laughs> and then proceeds to drop down and straddle the scarecrow and look at it in a way that one does not look at a scarecrow when one is a married woman, <laughs> and takes it for a little ride. Did she make the same noises that Maxine made to you? That's what it sounded like to me. Uh, no, it sounded. It, I know, was watching for this throughout the movie of either her sex noises or the way she talked and everything. Because Pearl, you know, she was in X. She was doing a very old version of the character, and then Maxine is a different person who just looked like Pearl when she was younger. And so I was glad in this, there was an accent differentiation. It sounded more like the accent that 
old Pearl used, but obviously a younger version of it where she wasn't affecting her vocal cords or anything. But the sex noises, they didn't sound exactly like Maxine's because Maxine's sex noises were very specific, but it was kind of similar. But with the mirroring that happens throughout the films between Maxine and Pearl, even though like Maxine isn't even in this, but I thought it was different enough that it was fine. It wasn't just like, oh, it's just me and Goth making the same noises. Um, I do think as an actor, she was differentiating. Uh, But yes, there was enough similarity to make you think of it. Agreed. (laughs) And after she, I assume, has a cigarette. (laughs) She just rides back home. Some of the ways the mother treated Pearl, just, it wasn't nice. It wasn't necessary. No, I agree with you. Like, you shouldn't tell your kid, even if they are, like, clearly psychopathic. (laughs) Um, Some of the statements she makes to her in this movie, which I wasn't able to write down and can't perfectly recollect because I was in a movie theater and that's tough. Well, yeah, she... And it's not even... She tells her that... that ...stuff yet. She asks her why, why, like, why life, why that life isn't enough. Like, why... Well, like, why can't you just be happy with what you got? Sometimes it's not finding your dreams. It's dealing with the dreams you have. And I think that wasn't... They had that conversation way later. Um, Yeah. But I think that that puts you more... And that put me more in the mother's head. Because, yes, I think she is very harsh to her. But, like, you also learn more why later. But it's... She's she recognizes that Pearl isn't right. Like, Pearl is a psychopath. She's clearly, like, she is someone who grew up, you know, harming animals and stuff like that, which we'll go into more later, but, like, she's not right. So she spent her entire life, like, you know, it it must be impossible to know that the, the person you raised to try and give them a better life, like, to be happy with what they've got is nothing but is nothing but fanciful and being forced into a position like the mother is like I, I get it I understood where where she was at like especially I'm gonna ask <laughs> let me ask you a question real quick so uh-huh. obviously the mother knows there's something wrong with Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, and she is a very pragmatic woman, do you think it was wise of her to reveal to Pearl that she knew something was wrong with her? <laughs> uh, no. But I also think I also think that Pearl would have done something no matter what. I think at that point it was just it was over. Like Pearl was so dead set on getting her dreams that she would not stop for anything to get them. And And that's how you kind of have to be with dreams sometimes. Dreams can be hard to get and around this point I was like this is tragic but she crazy? (laughs) And we even get because she's like praying or something about like she just wants to get out of there and be a star and we even get a wishing star flying past the window as if 
we weren't sure enough that we were in a completely deranged fairy tale. <laughs> and uh, did you notice this really extreme close-up when she was milking the cow? Yes. And it almost <laughs> looked like foreskin. Yes. <laughs> and I was like... I was like, I'm not uh, going to say it first. I'm not going to say it first. I just want to oh, see... So you made me do it. I was like, I just want to see if somebody else had the same thought. I, I was like... like I the, yeah, I was watching that. I was like, huh. The first was shot of that, was so quick. And it was like when it first showed that before it zoomed back to show that she was milking, I was like, are they really showing this in a movie? <laughs> even <laughs> a, even a, like even a twenty four. And then I was like, oh, it's just a cow. <laughs> in case you didn't know, uh, Clayton and I are both city boys. We are not country people. <laughs> hey hey i will have you know today i went out in a garden and got on my hands and knees in the dirt and picked green beans for my mother from somebody else so she could have some homegrown green beans instead of from the store my what a gripping life you do lead Oh my god. That sounds awful. awful. Don't put me down for don't put me down for dirt. <laughs> it wasn't that bad and anyway. I didn't yeah. clean up later, but uh, eh. when I was at, when I was out for dinner with Mitchell, like he was just like uh my stepdad and my mom have a bunch of extra like eggs and shit. Would your parents want anything? And I was like, oh, probably. And when he said they had a bunch extra, I thought it was just like done and canned and everything. And after I'd already agreed to it, he was just like, yeah, we just have to pick it ourselves. And I was just like, what? (laughs) 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 It wasn't bad, though. It was fine. Anyway, she was happy. So. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, so we are city boys. And uh, so after the horrifying milk close up, we see a blonde, and we already know she doesn't like blondes. <laughs> this cannot end well. <laughs> no. Also, uh, another straight-up homage shot, considering how she walks just like uh, Maxine did when she's carrying the pail, and uh-huh. she's wearing the bandana in her hair. Uh-huh. I was like, it's oh. honestly, it's no wonder Pearl got so confused as an old person, because she's like, I already did this. <laughs> There's one less kid cutting here, though. <laughs> there is. There is one less kid cutting. <laughs> Although he did executive produce it, so he was still there. He did. I saw that. I thought it was cool, and I also thought it was really cool. Mia Goth got a writing credit, and yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, this mysterious blonde and an older woman come driving up, and Pearl finishes her her milking. And comes to see what's happening. So, uh, I, basically, it is uh, Pearl's husband, Howard, who is away at war. I don't think we mentioned that before. So, she is married at this point to Howard, who yes. will show up, who is show up, who does show up in X. Um, and he is at war, which is why she's at her parents' house. And um, in X, we, hear, we know that he actually goes off and fights in both world wars. <laughs> Yeah, so he's he goes one of those the, lucky ones. 
Yeah, well, he seemed like the kind of guy to go because he wanted to, as opposed to being, uh, well, even his sister says it. But it's his yeah. mother and his sister, so it's her uh, mother and sister-in-law. And the mother-in-law brings uh, Pearl's mother uh, a pig, like a baked pig, to for them to eat because she's worried about them with money and money being tight. <laughs> and Pearl's mom is so mad and won't take it. And she's, you hear in the background, it's just a pig. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> She, her pride goeth before false. She, um, yes. she, she has too much pride to consider what is charity, which I think is stupid. But yeah, that I, pig probably was good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you can ask her how it turned out later. While the mothers are talking, Mitzi, who is Howard's sister. Also, I love that her name is Mitzi. <laughs> yeah, uh, with What's an eye, little... if I remember right. Yeah, with her little bouncy curls. Yes, and <laughs> very blonde. And she comes up to her and she's like, "There, she's like, there's a dance competition. Um, they're putting up a dance troupe to dance at seven different cities around the state. And, for morale at Christmas or something. And Yeah, for Christmas morale. And that piques uh, Pearl's interest very much. Well, she specifically asked her, like, you should like, come with me, come audition, it'd be fun. What are sister-in-laws for? She does seem seem nice, though. Like, she doesn't seem like, you know, a bitchy blonde or anything. I actually, throughout the whole entire thing, I didn't ever really get that she was a bitch or anything. Like, she seems genuinely sweet. Maybe, like, a little privileged, but you know. Well, and Honestly, I think I think everything that stems from Pearl not liking blondes is because of that. Like, you got everything I wanted. Like, you didn't have to she, fight for anything. You're younger. You're prettier. You're you're all of these things. And, and I don't rich. think it was. Let's the t- not forget rich. <laughs> yeah, rich is definitely number important. Number one, but like, and she gets well. Spoiler alert, she gets the part, part that Pearl wanted. So she's yeah, just for this little seven. I was like, this light just boom, she's gone. I think it's so funny that her big dream of getting out and everything, which I fully appreciate, <laughs> was this seven town dance thing <laughs> for Christmas. I'm like, that's not going to get you out. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention about the scene specifically is, let me see if I wrote down the exact, oh yeah, because again, they're in a pandemic, so they're all isolating, and she says the line, all this isolation has been enough to make, make one mad, and I was like, yeah, (laughs) um, it really is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not murderous no. but i had like my mental health struggles through all the isolation as sean could attest like went went up considerably and i was just thinking if you're somebody like pearl who and also there wasn't a, there wasn't fun stuff to do back then <laughs> like no there's only so many chores you could do <laughs> Not um, even just not even just chores, but like there's only so much everything you could do back then. Yeah, and 
Yeah, they don't have. It didn't seem like they have electricity or anything out at this farm. And so the next thing she does, like of any like import in the movie, she decides to sneak out and go see the projectionist. Because I mean, guess I'm Pearl. And this roof is metal, and I'm like, there's nothing on. This is in the like it's a farm in the middle of nowhere. Like everything, yeah. Here, everything. I legitimately <laughs> was just like, how did the mom not hear? Punk. Where was she? The cellar? Not yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like, I, I was just like, how does she walk across this metal roof? That's literally it is. It's, we're ten feet away above her, and we can hear it. Like, yeah, that's in the house. It's just. It was just like her mother is not the type that would just let Pearl sneak off either. She's yeah. just. Even though she is a grown and married woman, but anyway, but I, <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Yeah, and so I, she I goes to see the projectionist, and he's she's like, "It's so cool, you get to see the movies every day for free." Also, like seriously though, it would and be awesome. Should, and he shows her a movie she wanted to see the one she saw the other day, and he's like, "No, you already saw that. I'm going to show you some." noticing and so he shows her a very strange little porn film um that apparently they were called stag films back then and i have a really 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 fun fact about that that i will share later and then she's sitting talking to him about it's just tough with her parents and you know she can't really get out because she has to take care of her father he's ill and <laughs> i wrote down this line because i just thought it was so funny because he's just sitting there. He just want. He just wants. He just wants a little taste. You know. He's not. He doesn't really care about her. He just. He wants to fuck her. And she's <laughs> talking about her parents. She said, "If only they would just die." And he's just like, "Pardon." She just looks at him. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and not for the last time, I wrote down. God, I love the colors in this. <laughs> yeah. I think it was another one of those riding home on her bicycle shots or something or colors of the barn or I don't know. The colors in it are just... You well, just haven't, the, see, you just haven't seen thing is, colors like that in a long time. Not even in La La Land. Yeah, it's almost like Technicolor. It's very much like... It is. I have more things on that too. It looks... It is made to look like Technicolor, and it was a very complicated process to get it to look like that. So the next morning, she takes her dad out to the edge of the dock and calls Theta the alligator mm-hmm. and Brit, like kind of leans him closer to the edge and is and you very can much see... haunting him. But it's almost like she's not taunting him. Like, she wants to get rid of it. And, like, her dad, like, he's not living a good life. I mean, again, there's that whole debate on whatever. I'm not going to get into it. But earlier, she even asked, like, are you even still in there when she's taking that creepy bath and, like, poking him and shit? Well, the amount of tears that man cries, he definitely knows what's going on. Yeah. He's just... Later, he wasn't then, but, I mean... You can see the fear in his face as she's gonna dump him to the alligator. She doesn't because she gets her interrupted by her mother. And poor Theta, because she's a mother. She got eggs she gotta take care 
And yeah, that's so she has a conversation with her mom, and that's when her mom is like, "Life is rarely turns out how you expect." Do you think I wanted to be my husband's mother, not his wife? Uh, all that shit that I believe you were talking about earlier, you know, went well, into yeah, that as well. And that's exactly it. She, um, like, basically after that, the next that night at dinner. Uh, Pearl is like telling her mom like there's this dance audition I want to go to like I I, I'm going to go to it and her mom's like I don't understand why you can't just be happy with what you've got like you've got you know you've got your husband hold on one second so there was something I wanted to comment on that happened between the dumping daddy in the pond (laughs) And the dinner conversation in the storm. She's in the barn doing her chores. And she had, after, because her mom takes the dad back inside. Because she's not going to let Pearl hold on to him. She's just going to dump him into the <laughs> And that's when Pearl finds the gator eggs. And she takes the one into the barn and sits it up in the loft. And she goes down and the cow's looking at her. I mean, this is, really is a Disney fucking looking cow. <laughs> it's looking at her and she screams at the cow to stop staring at her which is something Maxine also doesn't like they both want to be famous but they don't like being stared at and she goes back up and squishes the egg and imagines that it's her Howard coming home and he just explodes and then she goes to this really awkward dinner set during a wonderful movie storm like you know movie storm family dinners are always amazing and yeah yeah. and she tells her mom that she's going to be going to the audition for the dance troupe and her mom is like why can't you just be happy with what you've got like you've got Mm -hmm. like you like ever since you were young i knew something was wrong with you and she's complaining she's like I never asked for this. Like her, uh, like talking about Pearl's father. She's like, I was supposed. To, he was supposed to be my partner. I was. I was supposed to be his wife, not his mother. Like, although, like, she's not really acting like his mother. She makes Pearl take care of him, which is even fucking weirder. Well, I mean, Pearl takes care of him at certain points, but if you see, like, when Pearl's doing all her stuff during the day, he's right next to her. Like the scene where there's a scene where she looks when she goes to sneak into her mom's closet to grab a dress, she sees the the mom has her the dad out out there with her. So I take it as like all the times that Pearl doesn't have him, she has him. It's not like he sits by himself. Like he is with one True. of them at all times. I time. just feel like the mom's so, always oh, telling Pearl to like go change him and go give him a bath and I feel like those should be, like, two duties that Pearl should not have to do. Well, um, I just, I took it as, like, it feels like Pearl's doing very little there. She's doing, like, there's a lot that goes into a farm. Like, and the fact that she's doing the bare minimum of chores, no wonder her mom's like, you need to help take care of your father. Like, she needs help. But, like, Pearl's just, like, stuck off in fantasy land so much that she just, she's like, whatever. She's like, and she also care. doesn't have basic human feelings. <laughs> yeah, so she's just like, oh, whatever, who cares? So she, 
the mom is just like whenever she gets a free mo whenever she gets a moment for like when she sees pearls freed up like you're not doing anything take care of your father so i have one less thing to do like so i feel like i mean we only see a few days in their lives but and a lot of that time pearls away like pearls and doing <laughs> the doing last few days of their lives for most of them <laughs> near the end of this conversation which gets nastier and nastier her mom is basically telling her i know something's wrong with you I've seen what you do and you think nobody's looking. She says something. What was it about how she feels like this is how, do you know what that feels like? Cause that's what I feel every time I look at you. It was really hateful. And also, oh, uh, she, oh shoot. Her disappointment. And she was like, this is, it's something like, that's how I feel every time I look at you. And it's like, she's, it's just immense disappointment. And she, she recognizes that Pearl is a psychopath. Like she yeah. says that, and she's like, "You think like there are times you think no one's watching, and I've seen you in those moments when you think no one's watching. You're oh, not yeah. right." And she's like, like, "If you if you do get out of here, other people are gonna see it and be scared. You won't be able to hide it." And and she, she asks her something, why she wants to get out of there so bad or something, and Pearl's like, "I just don't want to end up like you." And they get in a little tussle, and the mom catches on fire, and yeah, Pearl throws. <laughs> I thought it was so funny what she threw at her to put her out because it's like boiling hot stew. <laughs> oh yeah, well I think they, I I figure like they've already set dinner, so I feel like that's starting to cool down, but it is still probably hot. Oh, it looked like it was still really, really hot. I mean, I guess it's better than being on fire, but... Yeah, and then she just dumps her mom down in the cellar where Jenna Ortega had will later be trapped in along with a dead sex slave. And all I done was like, this poor dad, like, he can't talk. He can't communicate. He's just seeing all this crazy shit go down and it's worse and worse and worse. And he's just like, stuck there. I know I'm laughing, but it is really awful. I do feel genuinely awful for him. Uh, Pearl goes to town to actually get some from the hottie. Because last time she was like, I'll just watch a porn with you and then I need to leave. (laughs) And he had talked to her about going to Europe and Mm -hmm. saying she could do really well in porn, essentially. Oh, you Um, can be whoever you want to be in Europe. You could even be in movies like this. I'd watch you. <laughs> yep, I bet you would. But, yeah, it's he's he very much laid it on thick, <laughs> but she comes yeah. in and then she gets womanizer, it thick. womanizer. Uh, it would work on me though. Like I'd uh, <laughs> I'd sleep with him once. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they sleep together, and she wakes up and it's like, uh oh, I gotta go get ready for the. For the audition. So he's like, okay, I'll drive you. <laughs> Great sex, dude, but I got a motor if I make this audition. <laughs> he is nice, uh, though. He gives her a ride home. <laughs> Didn't make her ride her, like, ride her little bike. Less than 6 a.m. So she, yeah, so she, he gives her a ride home. And when she gets there she's like wait outside and so she like rolls her dad <laughs> into 
one spot, make sure her mom isn't moving. Spray like, some perfume on her dad because like he hadn't been changed in a while. <laughs> yep. Meanwhile, guys just standing out there, and that pig that her mother and sister-in-law came by and dropped off has just been sitting on the porch and is now, co- you know, this is in Texas, by the way. Uh, and is now just like rotted and covered in maggots. And the only people that notice are the people that come, like nobody in Pearl's family ever like mentions or looks at it. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, the people who come in, they're just like, why is there a rotting pig on the porch? Yeah, like, why? We're in really dark times. Like, why are you wasting a pig? <laughs> and so she gets her dad, like, sprayed some perfume on him so you wouldn't notice he stinks and she brings the guy in and she's like this is my father (laughs) and he's just like and then she well and then she stands next to him like they're a couple like she like holds his arm and lays her head on his chest and then follows that up with I'm gonna go up to my bedroom now (laughs) like right in front of her dad And, yeah, so she drags him upstairs to try to get some a sexy on, and she is trying real hard. Meanwhile, there is a lot of thumping noises coming from downstairs, and it's distracting him from the mood, because he's already just kind of weirded out. So he goes downstairs, discovers the aftermath of the dinner, with corn cobs on the floor from the water, the <laughs> boiling <laughs> the, water. The stew rescue. <laughs> so she ends up uh so she's like oh here let me show you something so she takes him out to the barn and introduces him to well before that well she excuses the noises she's like it's our dog he made a mess while i was out and i had to stick him in the cellar he's real naughty right now (laughs) and then she takes him out to the barn yep sorry i only mentioned the dog thing because it is relevant (laughs) No, and it is relevant. You are absolutely right. Uh, And she ends up, so she's like introducing him to the animals. And she tells him the names of them all. And he goes, so what's your dog's name? And she goes, we don't have a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Which she had said approximately, I don't know, three minutes before Oh, if if that, like, and movie time, not even, like, our watching time, like, it was really shortly before, and she's so confused, like, we don't have a dog. Yeah. And um, he's just kind of like... He's done. And he's like, nope, this is is too much. This is too weird. No, he literally pulls a kid cut even the first movie. He's just kind of like, oh. Well. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna go. Yeah, and she is not happy with that turn of events. She's like, what did I do wrong? What did you see? Yeah, what did you see, Clarice? But yeah, yeah, she's flipping out at him and is like, okay, clearly this guy's scared. It's like my mom said, what is wrong with me? Like, what did you see? Because like, she genuinely doesn't know. And he's just trying to be like, no, nothing. Like, it's fine. Just whatever. He's just trying to play it off. And she says, I really picked up on this line, I feel things very deeply. And he's just like, well, you're just, he finally admits you're scaring me. And, but I really wish you luck on this 
audition, but I'm going to go. And goes to his car and leaves. Well, he tries to go to his car and leaves. She he makes it. Own. He makes it to his car. Well, <laughs> she picks up one of her old faithfuls, the pitchfork. I I will say by the end of this movie, I understood why old Pearl was so good with that pitchfork. <laughs> yep, I got it. She uh, and she stabs him in the chest. Like, because he's going to leave without her to go to Europe, and she doesn't want to be left on the farm by herself. Yeah. And so and she, she stabs him twice more. in the chest. Um, and then when he falls out of the car, she... What does she even scream? She's literally unintelligible to me right there. I couldn't even understand. Uh, I can't remember. I didn't write it down, but it was one of several scenes where she just... It was like she... earlier... It was like earlier when she's like, I'm married, but just more primal, like, screaming in his face, like... Yeah, and it oh, sounded like she was she'd, trying to she'd say been, something. She'd been screaming at him like, "Don't leave me here," or something to that effect. But anyway, she stabs him through the face with the pitchfork. Yes, and at some point, it's probably later. I don't know, but I'll just include it in this because uh, she takes the car with him in it and pushes it into the lake, and we see Theta <laughs> coming <laughs> to grab him for a meal. Yep, Theta is much ready for dinner. Yeah, and she at that point puts on one of her mom's old nice dresses and goes off to this <laughs> this super important audition and held it a church oh, wait. to go. You up. forgot a part. You <laughs> forgot a part. So she dresses up and then she dresses her father up and then decides that she can't have any more ties, so she smothers him to death. Oh yeah. And the bird's freaking out. <laughs> and the dad's, like, got tears running down his face. And she sm- she does smother him. It's not, like, a really violent thing. And Yeah. Well, and you could tell she loved her dad way more than she loved yes. her Yes. I do like, think she actually does love her dad. She does her love her dad. She feels... She's sad. But she's also just, like, you're barely here anymore. Like, you're free. And I know you'll look- be famous. I'm going to go be famous and I'm going off to Europe. So, yeah. And I know you. And she says, I know you'll be proud of me looking down. And then smothers him to death with a pillowcase. Yeah. And then she goes off to her swanky audition at this stupid little church to go off to Seven Downs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Complete with her little suitcases on the back. Like she is ready to go. <laughs> yep. And Uh-oh. so they're in line, and Pearl is just steely-eyed. She's she knows she has it. She has that it factor. She has X, uh, the X factor, and she goes in and she does. Oh, 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 oh. so uh, she, for a while before she goes in, her and her sister-in-law are just sitting there making conversation, and the sister-in-law is just like, "Oh, I'm so nervous," and we just see. Keep seeing girls coming out just like sob. <laughs> it's really funny. And her sister in law is like, Well, if it's not me, I hope it's you and everything. <laughs> and like, you know, you would normally reciprocate. And she's just like, It has to be me. And she's just like, Well, okay. <laughs> and then she gets nervous and it's like, Pearl, switch with me. So uh, they switch, and Pearl goes in super confident. And uh, before you tell about this thing, 
<laughs> I knew it wasn't only men at this table, but all I could think of when she walked in, because there was like a light glaring on the judges' faces, I was just like, always my men, shoes. Yeah, always <laughs> men, usually gay. <laughs> and all I was thinking was the last five years, and I was like, oh, I was actually one man, but whatever. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so she does this dance audition. <laughs> and it is it is very much her fantasy she's feeling her fantasy she um she dances and in her head she gets backup dancers and there's fireworks going off and she's on the front line of 90 of uh world war one and just enjoying and like being a star and gives a gives a nice bravura performance and they go, thank you, but you're Next. not what we're looking for right, we're looking for right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, this performance, because the whole entire thing, you know, she's just been saying she's a star. She's such a great dancer. But we haven't really seen any of it. This is the first time we get to see, you know, she's always telling us what she's capable of. She says what she's capable of. And it's um, it's not bad, but it's, not exactly star making material, but it is a like you said very bravura performance from Mia Goth, and she can't handle it when they tell her no. I mean, it's kind of like secondhand embarrassment level where she's like, "No, I'll go again." Like somebody help me, and she's just sobbing and screaming, and they're just like trying to drag her out of there. Yeah, and they tell her. They want someone more Americana, younger, and blonder. And we know who's going in next, her younger and blonder, blue-eyed sister-in-law. The prank. For her opinion. Oh, and also, man, I like... I My notes are just kind of all over the place. It was dark. It was a theater. It was spring break. It was Comic-Con. Um, her sister-in-law asked her, like, how are you not scared? And she tells her, I'm just more used to the feeling, I guess. And she calls her a good friend. And in complete seriousness, Pearl looks at her almost confused. And she's just like, am Am I? I? Yeah, like, she literally doesn't know emotions or feelings. And before she went in there, and I talked to you a little bit about this, but I just thought it was funny. Her sister-in-law tells her, break a leg, which, you know, you're supposed to do. But I was just <laughs> like, well, last time we saw her at a dance thing, she did. <laughs> she broke her leg right in half in Suspiria. And, oh, when she, and when she goes into this dance performance, where she goes to her, like, cue spot, she is standing on a very prominent X on the floor. And they also told her... Um, that they were looking for someone with an X factor. And I was like, did they say that in 1918? But whatever, it works. <laughs> I like, I liked it. And she just goes outside and cries. And then Not mom. cries. She is full on breakdown sobbing, like scream sobbing. Like, yes. <laughs> like it is uh, like, I, it was one of the things that I was just like, damn, like me and goth is putting everything to this performance yeah, she's 
she's giving and we are taking it like <laughs> yeah like she is and she's like snot acting like she's in the Blair Witch Project oh, or going yes. for an Oscar I actually wrote that down I said oh that's not <laughs> we like got snot acting oh <laughs> yeah um, it's uh, but it's it, I mean that's one of the things that I love about it is like in X like Pearl is a psychopathic killer, but like you also feel kind of bad for her. And it's the same yeah. here. Like she's not, she may be a monster, but like even monsters deserve dreams, I think. Like, and even when you, yeah, when you don't get them, to have a dream. And yeah, everybody like, can relate to that feeling of you just want to get out of your small town or just, you know, everybody understands having dreams being crushed. And even if it's a psychopathic killer, like, that's very relatable. I thought it was nice because like from X or if you haven't seen X, but like, you know, Pearl's crazy. You've seen her be crazy. You've seen her be a psychopath. Like you've seen her murder and you still feel bad for her. Um, you're still like, okay, you're a psychopathic kidnap and murder and sex fiend. But <laughs> you still, your heart breaks for her a little bit because we all know what that feels like. And then her sister-in-law, who incidentally no, snuck out to go to the auditions, nobody knows where she is, which will be important, drives a completely despondent Pearl home, since she will not just be I don't even think Europe. She, does she drive her, or do they walk her home? Well, does I don't know ever... how hard it is, because she does say, like, let me take you home, so maybe they both rode on the bike, or maybe she just went with her so they wouldn't... Like she wasn't by herself. That yeah. I was like, she doesn't have a car. She doesn't, yeah, that's so I'm true. I'm guessing she walked her home because if she wouldn't have taken the car, her mother would have known about it. I just couldn't yeah. see that girl walking all that way because even Pearl, like when she goes to town and stuff, she rides that bike. And I, you do see well, but then again, uh, she when you see how broken Pearl is, like I think she does think she's a good friend, and I think she goes back to try and console her and like had her mother to come help her like maybe she just watched her dreams get crushed and like she's she is devastated she's not just like and mitzi is and mitzi isn't awful she might be privileged and rich and blonde but but like she's she cares about her like she's her she's her husband's wife she's uh, in her opinion her friend so she's like, I'm gonna, I'll walk you home, like, and so she does. I think she walked her home, like. And they go inside I, to drink some milk, and Pearl's just like, I don't know how to talk to Howard about stuff, and Mitzi's just like, oh, well, just tell me whatever you would tell, like, practice on me. And we get a monologue of monologues. Oh. This is a very beautiful monologue. Is and, it? Would you oh. call it? A, would you call it a beautiful monologue? <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I am a sucker for a monologue. Um, like, oh, it's a one great of the reasons, monologue. But like, it's not a, so it's not beautiful. It does, it's very. Dark. It doesn't have to be a, be about <laughs> beauty. Like, it is very dark, but I mean, like, it is impeccably done. It is beautifully phrased. Like. It's even even the writing of it is beautiful. Like it, it doesn't have to be about something like beautiful to be a beautiful thing to me. Like there, 
I'm just I'm a sucker for a monologue. It's one of the reasons I love Mike Flanagan so much. It's like, man, what monologue yeah. are you going to give me this time? I can't wait. Oh, <laughs> God, Mike Flanagan's monologues. But yeah, Pearl just so good. almost she, disassociates and just breaks down all the stuff that she wants to tell to Howard and like yeah. kind of psychoanalyzes so she, herself. And Yeah, she tells him that she hates him. Like, she hates him because he came from privilege and all he ever wanted was to live on the farm. And she married him and she says she does love him. She does in, in, in her way. She does love him. But she's he, she she hates him, especially she knew he was different from when she saw because he didn't act like everyone else because he came from privilege. And so when she she married him, she thought he's going to one of these days, he'll just he'll hate it so much. We'll go back and be able to live in privilege. And that's not what he wants. He wants to live on the farm and be. He wants to be a farmer. <laughs> like, yeah, and she's so mad about that. She's like, he has to know I hated it. I wanted to get out. She saw him as her ticket out, and it didn't happen. And she starts going into, like, how she thinks something's wrong with her and how she would start killing things. And it was just small things that couldn't hurt her, and it felt good. And Meanwhile, poor Mitzi is just sitting across the table like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit here and well, listen. Yeah, and well, I mean, what else can you say? I mean, Pearl goes mm. into it. She starts talking yeah. about how she used to, she started killing small animals because they didn't have feelings and it felt good. And so oh, she's and she, and she goes on. into about how, like, she had you desires murdered. for other men and all that. I mean, she goes into all of her darkness. Mm-hmm. And she... Because the conversation she was wanting to have with her husband. And she's telling little perky Mitzi. <laughs> who is becoming and, decidedly less perky as it goes on. Um, yes, but also really trying hard to not show that she's terrified. Because, like, once people start confessing to you about murders... uh. Well, that's when it's time to go grab a pan and just beat the shit out of her. Like, I'm sorry. It's over. Yeah. Like, like your safety levels have gone down dramatically at that point. Her fight or flight response is not good. Um, Uh, I don't know what else she really could have done at that point. Is just try to... Dude, they're in a kitchen. Their pan is on the table thing. I would have grabbed that pan and whacked her in the head. Like, uh uh-uh. No. Uh, a couple notes I had taken during this monologue is before it starts when Pearl said something <laughs> like I just don't feel right and <laughs> Mitzi's just like oh no you're not coming down with something because <laughs> she was like mom I'd be so mad and I was just thinking like I heard that <laughs> <laughs> and yeah uh, it's so, in the monologue, Pearl mentioned specifically how the Lord doesn't answer her prayers. And I was just like, you didn't answer my prayers either, Pearl. It's okay. And I thought the line, the specific line when she's like, I'm not naturally pleasant. <laughs> and I just was like, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> and the most meaningful thing I thought in this entire monologue, which is of a considerable length and mostly a one-shot other than a couple reaction shots back to Mitzi, but 
I feel like this is a one take monologue. Um, she says, "All I really want is to be loved," and, and well, and so one of the things I really like about this movie is it feels like it, when we're calling back to X, like X is a lot about it. It's it's about the fallacy of age and X, like you're older, you're wiser, but you're not able to do what you were able to, or you're not able to do what you want to. And I feel like Pearl is about the fallacy of youth. When you believe you can do everything and you try to do those things, but you don't have the wisdom to see it through. And I love that, like the duality between the two, because they're both about like, they're both saying, in my opinion, at least, like dreams are important and being able to and sometimes you need the wisdom to get those dreams but then you also need the youth to do them but you can't get wisdom without some people can't get wisdom without you in their youth and they don't get youth in their wisdom um i would partially agree but push back a little bit i think it's very as far as the relationship between both movies i would say the most similarity they have are of in x Pearl is in the cage of old age and can't achieve her dreams. In Pearl, she is in a very different kind of cage and can't achieve her dreams. And the just cage the of fact reality. That, yeah. And, you know, dreams like that, they don't, they're hard. They don't come to everybody. And that was, that was a hard time to be alive. And for a little farm girl in Texas, it's just, it's sad and it's very relatable and, you know, we're all going to get old and a lot of us, you know, we might have big dreams or, you know, especially at that age. And then uh, she finds out, well, she already knows, but her sister-in-law obviously got the part of the dance person and she was kind of apologizing to her and Pearl kind of repeats something her mother had said to her. It's not about what I want anymore. It's about making the best of what I have. It's just kind of sad. It's it's sad when you realize that. I mean, that is the best way to be happy and be content in life. But when you realize that, that moment is heartbreaking. And yeah, for because Pearl, you, and for someone you, like Pearl, oh, continue. No, you're good. I was just gonna say it's because you you given up like that dream as yeah, just that like, it's a dream. It's not a reality. A little part of you dies right then. And it never really comes back. And for somebody like Pearl, who has already done so much to try to chase that, it also means you don't really have anything left to lose. And her poor sister-in-law's face at this point, and she's like, well, I I really should be getting home. (laughs) Yeah. Mitzi is very much like, I, this is not good. And Pearl's like, you're not going to tell anybody, are you? And Missy's just like, no. Yeah, Basically, no. she's Mark Wahlberg in The Happening, where she's just like, yeah, oh no. My God. <laughs> what is not, happening? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no. Like, no. She's, I mean, she's a slightly better actor than Mark in that one, but she, uh, she's very much. I think she's playing it very realistically. Yes, um, she's and she goes to leave, and and Pearl asks if she's scared of her, 
as well before she leaves. And she's like, no, why would I be scared? Because her mom told her everybody would see this in her and people would be scared. And Pearl's been starting to experience that. And she still doesn't quite get it. (laughs) Yep. She's like, Pearl, Pearl, honey, you've been killing people. (laughs) Yeah. You got this this deranged look in your (laughs) eye. He came at me with that. That wild look in his eye. Wild! <laughs> and, and we both reached for the gun. Um, sorry. And Chicago came up. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, it's all good. Uh, yeah. So, Mitzi so goes, goes to leave, and she's walking, you know, kind of, kind of dejectedly, and then Pearl just slams the door out of the house. Mitzi well, Mitzi, back Mitzi, Mitzi's, Mitzi's at a, not like a scared fast walk, but like she's taking a brisk <laughs> little pace. To yeah, she's got hair. a brisk pace. Yeah, she's but, not like, she does, but she, yeah, she doesn't want it to look like she's scared, but like you can tell she wants to get out of there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's also stupid because I probably would have taken my shoot off instantly. Like while we were <laughs> sitting at that table, I would have been like pulling them off. Like underneath uh, the table. Yeah, yeah, I'd be like, nope. Uh-uh. But she <laughs> throw in heels. Thrown one at Pearl and got the door. Yeah, I would have, I would have Hillary Swank and the hunted her. Like, I would have just heel at the face. Um, she, but yeah, Pearl comes out and Pearl starts walking over to the to the woodcutting spot, grabs the axe, and Candy Calm, knows it is Calmly over. grabs the axe. Candy. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, Candy, you brought up Candy. That was the name of the actress. Um, no, the that's the, sorry. Yeah, the mother. I, I, yeah, I got it. But then Candy, Mitzi, they, same difference. Um, they're both kind of dumb names. Um, <laughs> Candy's better. Mitzi runs, and she is screaming for someone to help her and she trips and falls like because she's in fucking heels. <laughs> yeah, I was going to um, say, and she's in a slasher movie like she kind of has to, but like also yes. she is in, she is in gonna, heels on a farm like <laughs> Now I'm going to fall and break my leg leaving me helpless. <laughs> yeah, it's not the most egregious use of the trope it actually yeah, is. Yeah, I've so. seen yeah, I've seen I've seen worse, but I've also seen better. Um, but yeah, so she falls and Pearl catches up to her and starts whacking her in the back. Yeah, and as she's running, little... she Pearl gets her probably two or three times in the back before she falls again. She gets her like twice in the back and like once in the back of the head before she finally like falls down again. Pearl and she's laying on the ground, just like screaming, "I won't tell anyone! I won't tell anyone!" And this has all had like this garish Disney color palette, but underneath all of that, you see this really realistic blood color just pooling out from underneath. And you haven't really seen a realistic color of blood yet. It's still been kind of not cartoonish looking, but almost it hasn't been like that realistic deep red color until this scene. I found that interesting. Yep. So. And after that, Pearl kills her. She yes. axes her to death, and then she decides it's time to 
cleanup house. So she cuts off all of Mitzi's limbs and cuts her head off and throws it to Theta, who catches it. Yes. <laughs> catches the head. Mm-hmm. Um, and she feeds the animals. And she goes down into the basement and hugs her dead mom. Yes. Her mom and her very, very badly burnt mother. She yeah. died trying and to imagine, climb up the stairs. And imagines her singing a German song to her. And she takes her mother upstairs and, like, starts brushing her hair. And, like, she's half burnt up. And so the hair's coming out. And all I could think of was, like... Oh, and there's, like, chunks coming out of her head. I was, like, skin. Yeah. Oh. But all I, was, I like, could oh. think... All I could think of when, like, the clump of hair came out of the brush was that scene in Drop Dead Gorgeous. Just a little snarl. (laughs) (laughs) So I, of course, am in the theater just, like, cracking up, picturing that. (laughs) And uh, wasn't this where it started doing all, like, the double shots? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, the mirror shots. Yeah. Um, I love which, the mirror mirrors. Ha- mirrors have been a really big thing throughout both films, but this really takes it was literally with like these mirror shots of everything happening. Yeah, and, and it, well, I mean, it's kind of representing the duality of Pearl. Like, yeah, she like, wants to be this. She, she is a psychopath, but she's now going to be the best housewife there ever was. <laughs> like, and she has uh, fractured a little bit. So she takes mommy to the table and daddy to the table, both very dead. She takes the very rotted pig that we have seen throughout the movie that is covered in maggots, puts it at the table. She sets a very nice table, though. And it does look nice. Lights the candles, and that's that. And we see one more scene. Yes. <laughs> Howard gets back from the war. And um, I mean, also... Did you notice, I don't remember noticing in X or in this until Howard is, like, getting off the truck. That it was called the Powder Range Farms? The Powder Keg. Or Powder Keg Farms, yeah. Yes. I I did not see that on the first one. (laughs) I didn't either. I've seen X, obviously, a million times. This is the second time I had seen Pearl. And at the end, I was like, oh, my God, that's so funny. (laughs) Um, yeah, that it's called the powder keg. But anyway, continue. Yep. So it is. So he gets back and he comes in the house and he yells for Pearl. Pearl! And he walks into the dining room and he sees the bodies. The tableau, you might say. <laughs> yeah. The, he sees the bodies of her dad and her mother and the rotting pig, which is. Looks like it's been carved and eaten. Uh, it's kind of all over the table. There's and, mold in the soup and stuff, and yeah, it, it's it's disgusting. And he hears Pearl behind him in the kitchen or in another room, and she's like, "I'm so glad you're home." What is? Do you remember what she says exactly? I don't remember what she says exactly, but he turns around and he's like, Pearl, and also, old Howard, it might be, that is one ugly looking son of a bitch, but young Howard also could get it. Also, Um, she has a type, she likes the blue-eyed boys. Yes, she does. She does like those blue-eyed boys. 
Um, but he turns around and sees her, and she has this, like, deranged look on her face. Her makeup is all, like, streaked. She's got these bows in her hair. And she's just like, Howard, I'm so glad you're home. And the movie she... ends on... <laughs> the most... How would you even describe Pain... this? Like, <laughs> It is painful joy. It is. She is so... She's happy to see him, and she is also devastated. Like she and is, she is also like completely snapped. She's like Joker smiling. So, like her smile is so wide, it's like painful and half grimace. And yeah, she's she... like crying at the same time, and she's holding this face. And I timed it the second watch because I was like, "How long is this?" And so she smiles, and it's like the credits are going, and she's still just like smiling and grimacing and crying crying, and it's just like holding on her face. I've literally never seen an actor do anything like it. Um, (laughs) For a full two minutes until it finally does a circle dissolve on her face and continues on with the credits and that's the movie. (laughs) And it is a horrifying descent into madness and now that we've gone through that um, before we give our final thoughts I'm going to uh, um, read some excerpts from this interview that GQ did with Ty West and I'll link to the article in the thing so first of all this article again it was for GQ and it's called How A24 and Ty West Made the Wild Art House Horror Double Feature X in Pearl and the interview is done by Kyle T- Turner the first sound that we hear in Pearl is weird like the whirring of a projector and it opens on this very slow push to a barn door, as if we're entering another world. And Taiwa said, the opening of a film is really important because you have to teach the audience how to watch the movie. Because every movie has its own sort of pastiche and aesthetic and its own feeling. And if you can communicate how to interpret at least 80% of it in the very beginning, then people are acclimated to appreciate what it is that you're doing. Sidebar. Like how La La Land opened with a big, huge musical number. So you'd be like, okay, this is what we're doing. And for a movie that was taking such a big swing like this and being so different from X, I felt like I really needed a way to bring a modern audience into the proper headspace to go like, okay, I know how to watch the movie that I'm being given because of the title, because of the sound, because of the music, because of the doors opening by themselves, because of the dance, all these different things. And it was just a rehash of the same shot from X because it was the exact same opening of X, just presented very differently. So all that came into play. X was a movie that in some ways was about how independent filmmaking had an effect on people. Pearl, in many ways, is like how a uh, more glamorous Hollywood idea of lifestyle would affect people. Yeah, I found I thought that one was really interesting. Yeah, that was really interesting. Sean, you'll be interested in this one because we mentioned Mm -hmm. it earlier. Pearl looks like it was shot on three-strip Technicolor. How did she do that? And I thought this was so fascinating. Because we were in a pandemic and in New Zealand, shooting on film was not realistic because there was no lab in New Zealand, etc., etc. With X, we spent a long time trying to get the 16mm to look as believable as possible. And with Pearl, Peter Jackson's company, Park Road Post Production, did our color track. They developed 
this three strip imitation Oberlei to start with the color. And then we just adjusted it from there. It was a really aggressive color corrector that goes way further in saturation than most things do. But it wasn't just a matter of turning up this color knob. It was something that was done through artificial intelligence and built to really push primary colors in a certain way and to push highlights in a certain way. And then from there, we tweaked it and added some grain and things like that. But a lot of it was done in camera because a lot of it was done in costumes a certain way. A lot of it was painting things a certain way. It was a bizarro thing to photograph every day because it was always so colorful. Like, if you saw it in a vacuum, you'd think, I don't know, man, that's a lot of blush on her cheeks. <laughs> when we committed to the look, there was definitely a moment of everyone looking at each other like, are we sure? Because this is a big swing for a children's movie for some really questionable subject matter. <laughs> and everyone was like, yes, we're sure. But once we made that decision, it was pretty much like, well, we're going down. I'm with the ship with this one. I need to ask about the stag film that you use for the film, which references X's pornography themes and gives young Pearl a window into sexuality. You got it from the Kinsey Institute? It's arguably the first, at least archived, porno film called A Free Ride or A Grass Sandwich from 1915, depending on what circles you travel in. I had been aware of the film because I had been to Indiana, where that institute is, and I had heard about it. And we were thinking, do we have to make this? And then I thought, well, let's see if we could get this. And they had a version of it, and I thought it would be cooler to use the real thing. And I thought that was just really neat information. Yeah, uh, that is interesting. Anyway, uh, do you have any final thoughts on the film before I get to the little wrap-up bits that we do? Yeah, um, I enjoyed this movie. Um, I didn't like it as much as I like X, and I, I, X has been slowly growing on me. Still not like my favorite horror movie of all time, but I do like X a lot. And I think Pearl is a very good prequel to it. Um, it's nice to see into the psyche of the psycho biddy before she was a biddy. <laughs> um, and it's very gory. Um, I think it might be slightly gorier than the first one. Uh, I think it's because like a lot of the it's just brighter it's brighter and it's in the daytime and a lot of the stuff at x is at night and it's very dark yeah well either way it's it's very much like oof um but yeah i mean i enjoyed a lot um i like the a lot of the themes to it it seemed like at least to me like they're both about age and like the differences of like the different things that happen at different parts of age, like from older to younger. And I just, I really enjoyed it. And then Mia Goth is so so good. Um, She is phenomenal in the, in these movies. And I cannot wait for Mexican theme to come in. Yeah. Who knew? Like I've always really liked Mia Goth and been following her career, but X and Pearl, I am just like, holy shit, blown away. This actress can do anything. I am just blown away. We all know how much I love X. I liked Pearl probably a little bit less. I gave it like a four on Letterboxd. Um, it is, I do think it'll grow on me. I think it is a very good film. 
the themes and acts resonate with me personally a little bit more and just the Britney Snow of it all. I think X is much more rewatchable. I'm really curious what it would be like to have not seen X and watch Pearl first and then X. Um, and after watching Pearl, I haven't watched X since I've seen Pearl, so I'm curious how that'll play as well. But yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought it was very technically well done. The acting was amazing. That monologue, the final shot, the colors. Oh my God. I just the colors. Yeah. <laughs> I just really liked it a lot. I would really recommend it. And I have a couple things. So one of my friends, James, had a Facebook post. I asked permission if I could quote a little bit of it because I really liked what he said. He said, regardless, as bad as everything seems right now, I have lived long enough to see someone create a slasher franchise comprised of our house flicks. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, that's honest. a pretty good description. Yeah, it is. I was just like, that is true. That And that makes me really happy that that's out there. Um, and there were a couple other little things that I thought were funny. The always entertaining Jenny Nolf. <laughs> Her letterbox review for this was Wizard of Oz, but make it extremely horny and sinister. Mia Goth, Best Actress 2022. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of Letterbox, Sean, what do you think its Letterbox score is? Uh, I'm going to go with a... Hmm, let's go with 3.4. So, 20 th- again, we're recording this. It's opening weekend. As far as Letterbox goes, 20,000 people have logged this already. And it has the average score of 3.9, which is what all the best films of all time get. I did not cross-reference to see what X has. but And this is still early, so you can't really like judge the score that much. But you're pretty close. But for now, it does have the coveted 3.9. I think it's, it's going to drop. <laughs> This is also opening weekend. It's going to drop. I don't don't think it'll stay there. And you know all the people that are like going to see that right now are Target Pearl audience. It's not... um... (laughs) But anyway, I thought that was fun. And we can't even get into the money of it all because it's opening weekend. It's not even done. Those numbers aren't counted yet. And anything else before I do the socials? No, um, I like I said, I enjoyed this movie, and I cannot wait for Mexican. I know, I love that it's like a triple X. Um, yeah. So uh, the next one we're getting in this trilogy of art house films by Ty West from A twenty four is a sequel to X called Maxine, following Maxine in the porn industry in the eighties. But Maxine is spelled with three X's, you know, for triple X. Um, Yeah, it'll be fun. I can't wait. So if you want to follow us on our socials, which would be super fun if you did, uh, we are on Twitter. Find me on Facebook. I'll totally confirm. (laughs) You didn't get enough of those in. It's fine. You can do it. I'll allow it. (laughs) So... So if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're together at Triple M Pod, and that's triple with a capital T, 
three capital M's and capital P for pod. Uh, I am by myself at just happy to see you. And number two, letter C, letter U. And Sean is at... I'm at Smurf, S-M-U-R-P-H, 013. And if you want to follow us on Letterboxd and see what we're watching and all that fun jazz, I am at the exact same as Twitter. Just happy to see you. Number two, letter C, letter U. And Sean is at... Murph the Smurf, M-U-R-P-H, T-H-E, S-M-U-R-P-H. We have a Facebook page you can follow along with. It is Men Who Like Men Who Like Movies, which is the name of our podcast. Um, we are, do have an Instagram page where we'll post basically just like the posters of what we're doing and what's coming up. And, you know, it's just cool posters, but it is helpful. And that is at Triple M Pod, like the Twitter handle, just all lowercase, Triple MMM Pod. And our email, if you want to reach us for whatever reason with something long, is men who like men who like movies pod at gmail.com. But please, seriously, reach out to us. Follow us on our socials. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what movies you want us to cover, what type of episodes you like. And just get to know us. It'll be fun. And that, I believe, is everything except Sean. I'm forgetting something, aren't I? Yes, you are. What you? What are we covering next week? Which I know we're both excited for. Yes, we are. So next week, we're covering the classic. The movie that made me realize I liked being scared. <laughs> the seminal film, I Know What You Did Last Summer. And we will be talking all about that probably for a very long time. I'm so sorry in advance. I will do my best to get it cut down, but we love it. (laughs) So get your slicker ready and we will see you next week. Bye. Don't forget to vote for the croaker queen. (laughs) (laughs) Only as long as Helen Shivers wins and and lives. Anyway, yeah. Bye folks. Bye. Toodles.